Angel. You're watching or and or listening to Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that, like a pro. That's right. Dude, I'm like fucking Oprah. He needed no help. <laughs> Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rocket Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly dee. Well, all right, it's time for the Rocket Metal Combat Podcast with me, Dr. Fuck, and with always is me and this guy. Oh, yeah! Ian Wadley from, from that place. Yeah. That's very, you live very far. Well, you gotta live close, you. like I do. I wish, I wish I did. I live, I live very close. You live very far. Like, <laughs> dude, I can walk to my house. But, but we are gonna meet up in August, so we'll be reunited. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's when I, I get to hear the real oh yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. The, the genuine, the genuine oh yeah. Yeah, because I'll be drunk. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to have a real serious talk with you. So I understand, Ian. We got some uh, iTunes reviews. Yeah, man. Sometimes we can go like a long time with none. This time we got three. All right, so let's go. Let's get into the iTunes. All right, our first one is from Cajun Retros 80, and it's a five-star review entitled Love This Podcast. Cajun Retro says, and I quote, I look forward to listening to Ian and Ralph in my car every day as I've downloaded several episodes of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast to make my daily commute much more entertaining than that of local Atlanta radio that more than... ah." local Atlanta radio has to offer. As a result of listening to this podcast, not only have I relived my appreciation for all my bands, for all my favorite bands like Van Halen, Rat, Rainbow, Dio, Ozzy, Black Sabbath, etc., I've gone out and purchased some albums by other bands which Ralph and Ian have reviewed or have had, had picked as pick of the week. Ian, Ralph, thank you so much for doing this, guys. I think you guys are hilarious, and I have laughed out loud on multiple occasions in my car while listening to you. I almost lost it when Ralph imitated Bruce Dickinson singing Quest for Fire on the Iron Maiden Peace of Mind episode. <laughs> oh, now I gotta listen to that. <laughs> the time when I'm, I'm so lost here. I and, did that. I don't remember doing it. And now when I describe whether I like or hate a song, I find myself being tempted to verbalize it like Ian. I fucking love this song, or I fucking hate this song. LOL, keep up the good work, guys. Well, thank you, Cajun Retro 80s. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, Cajun. All right. All right, our next one is from Iceman1997. Ice, Ice, baby. Too cold, too cold. This one is five stars entitled, One of the Best Podcasts Around. And I quote... I only listen to two podcasts regularly, and this is one of them. Listen to it. There you go. Short and to the point. <laughs> right to the point, man. Right to the jugular. I like that one. Yeah. I like that guy, man. Yeah. Iceman. Right to the point. Cool guy. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like a guy that just sneaks up behind you and puts an ice pick in your neck. Yeah. Says, you don't listen to Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. You must die. Exactly, and if you and if you fucking and if you're a spinoff, you must die too. No, I'm just kidding. For the most part, I'm kidding. Oh, oh God, his pick would get dull quick. There's a lot of people. <laughs> no, actually, there's only one spinoff show that sucks ass. 
all the other spinoffs. I mean, we can't call the spinoff show. We got we got to say people that we inspired That's to right. start their own podcast. They all been great except one that really sucks. <laughs> I mean, sucks so bad. You did not go there. Hello. <laughs> All right, well, the next frickin' review is from Wacky Jack 4. <laughs> a five-star review entitled, This Podcast is Vulgar. Rude, oh. <laughs> rude like crude, and sometimes even downright offensive, and totally... <laughs> that's, that's, Ian's, that's Ian's job on this <laughs> That's right. And totally hilarious. The two hosts know their music they talk about, which leans towards 70s and 80s hard rock and heavy metal. And we are but, just so part of the past. We can never grow up. <laughs> That's right. It's all dad metal. We are so, yeah, dad metal. Except for today's episode. Yes. Which is a newer band. That's right. He says, and in between all the insults and jokes, they actually provide the listener with solid information on the bands and albums they review. If you like your humor on the body, politically incorrect side... Love the music, love your music heavy and rocking, and hate Sammy Hagar with a passion. This is the <laughs> podcast for you. Very Hell funny yeah. and entertaining. Well, thank yeah. you, Wacky Jack Four. You know, you know, it's funny because uh, our hatred for for Sammy Hagar, we you know we we do fi- we di- we did find out while you know uh, doing this podcast how many people identify with that. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, you realize that man, we are part of. We are spokesmen for a huge amount of people. I mean, if you really think about it, like the Sammy hatred really outweighs the Sammy love. Oh yeah, I mean, it's really like, I mean, you realize there's so many people out there that are so passionate for their hate for Sammy that they probably will burn people. <laughs> yes, who's going there, Ian? You influential <laughs> bastard! Thank you. And, I can't uh, wait till that comes out on the news. We're going to be like Ozzy <laughs> with the suicide solution shit. Yeah, yeah, We're going to yeah. get caught. We're going to get call, called to court. And I, I already know one of the witnesses saying, I told you, I told you they were influential. They were freaking influential. <laughs> Instead of ISIS claims responsibility, it's going to be Rock and Metal Combat Podcast claims responsibility for Burt Hagar fan. <laughs> exactly. And you're going to see an outcry for, we're going to be like the Memphis Three. They're going to beg for us to get out of jail. People are going to go, wait, what's wrong with what they did? Come on. They're humanitarian. Yeah. For music. Dude, uh, trust me, we'll get a lawyer. All we'll have to do is bring in a copy of OU812 and they'll release us. <laughs> They're like, hey, these guys are saints. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's actually, if you're going to pick OU812, it's just like, Put your hand in the discography and just pluck one out. Okay, oh, so you wait. We, you know, 5150, fuck, and, and balance will work just as good. Fuck, uh, if we play them chicken foot, they may even, like, compensate us. Oh, God. Oh, but here's another important thing to bring up. As we're recording this, it is the 24th of May. And next Thursday, you will be due $100. Oh, that's right. And that's Sammy Hagar related. Yes. And I want, you know, since we have like such a crazy uh, fanatical uh, listenership that, that is so crazy they would burn Sammy Hagar fans. Here's, <laughs> here, here's something, you know, get ready, guys, because we might need you. Because this guy, now he says he's going to honor his bet, 
But this is Chris Akin from the the Classic Metal Show, I believe is the name of his podcast. And right. they, they even have a call-in thing on Saturday nights. They do a live show where people can call in. If this guy welches, I want everybody to attack yeah. this shit till Ralph yeah. gets his hundred dollars. Which we are join, gonna, join our Facebook page so you can be reminded. Yeah, yes. Which which Ralph will use to buy you Sammy Hagar and Van Hagar vinyl so it doesn't get into the hands of kids, and then we will burn it. Exactly in, in Nashville. <laughs> and I remember, I remember when that first, when that bet for and Ian is my witness. I remember yeah. when that that bet first happened. Ian told me, man. I hope it's not true, not just because, you know, I want you to make the 100 bucks, but God damn, I don't want a Van Halen. And remember what I said, Ian, I go, don't you worry. Mark my words. I was so sure of myself. I had not a shadow of a doubt. There's no way Van Hagar will get back together. There's just no way because it's it's like, it's so, it's so dated and terrible that only like, Toothless idiots like that shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's 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 like it's something that's just it's so shitty that the people that even liked it back then turned their back because you know they finally woke up. Right. You know but it's like it's 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 just I, I still have nightmares about shit like that. So it's, it's like not my, gonna happen. It's my Don't you worry. Okay. They, I feel better. You want to bet me a hundred bucks? Either? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. I'll but I, right I, I can sleep good tonight. <laughs> yep, I'm telling you right now, that shit's never going to happen. Sammy Hagar and Van Hagar will never, ever. Now, you know, and also you got to put in the factor that the Van Hagar reunion uh, didn't really sell even nowhere as good as Dave coming back, even without Mike Horn. Oh, yeah. You know these, I mean? these last three tours with Dave <laughs> have been the top three Van Halen tours of all time. And I will say this now, but I will do it myself. When I get that hundred bucks from that guy, I am donating it to Make a Wish Foundation. Right oh. there. My my what? You don't like Make a Wish? No, no. I, as long as your wish is he never comes back. Huh? I said as long as your wish is that he never comes back. <laughs> yeah, Make a Wish that Sammy never comes back. Hey, no, I'm, I'm sorry, kid boy. with cancer. That transplant's gonna wait. This is more important. <laughs> Ouch. That is such a great, great organization. That's where my money's going to go. Oh, that's... To make that, a wish. That, exactly. That's very nice. That's very nice. It's just too bad all those little cancer kids don't want to meet Dr. Fuck. <laughs> I would love to... <laughs> I would love to do that, you know? <laughs> well, what you got to do is send out a multiple choice. Do you want to meet Dr. Fuck or Sammy Hagar? <laughs> <laughs> well, then, then I get to meet them. Yeah, you went by a landslide. I don't even know who this guy is, but send him our way. <laughs> Unless they're, like, retarded. <laughs> Ooh. I don't know if that's politically correct. I believe they like to be called window lickers. Well, there you go. I I, I appeal to uh, uh, who was it? Who was it? What was the name of the last reviewer? Uh, wacky. The guy said that. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, wacky Jack Ford. Yeah, Wacky Jack. There, Wacky Jack. Now I appeal to you. I went the Ian route. Yeah. And by the by the way, when I say window lickers. I wasn't making fun of, uh, you know, kids with Down syndrome. I was making fun of Sammy Hagar fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also known as Pellow Biters. <laughs> well, I mean, that, and also when I said retarded, I'm not talking about uh, retarded people or, you know, or people, you know, like that. I'm talking about Sammy Hagar fans. Yeah, because retarded people know better than that shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Retarded people are not that dumb. <laughs> 
I, I heard that Nate got beat up by a retarded kid at the mall for wearing a Sammy Hagar shirt. <laughs> you know that you know that Van Hagar is so lame that even Nate doesn't like Van Hagar. He's a Sammy Hagar fan. That's how bad Van Hagar is. It's pretty bad, man. When a Sammy Hagar fan doesn't like Van Hagar. That speaks volumes, right? Yes, it does. I mean, at least, at least he has some chromosomes. <laughs> oh, and a very shallow gene pool. All right. Uh, well, we got time for a little bit of news, and there really wasn't a lot of news other than, unfortunately, you know, the, the tragedy that happened in Manchester. Uh, oh, yeah. That was uh, terrible. You know, yeah. And it, I mean, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, whose concert it was it could happen to anybody and it's even more you know uh despicable that it's at a show that is primarily going to be attended by children <laughs> you know and and you know adults taking their 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 children i think that that's even lower you know uh, uh apparently they uh they were first going to try to do this shit at a chicken foot concert but they realized only five people would be there and, uh, yeah, and yeah, and also, numbers. also, if they they blow up a chicken foot concert, they would never find the the, the identity of the uh, of the audience because uh, they can't find any teeth to make dental reports. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, but it, it it was a tragedy, and that's you know it's terrible. I hear Guns N' Roses uh, are really their next concert. I believe is going to be in Ireland, so you know the mix going to be there, but. Uh, but yeah, they're supposed to be hyping up security crazy, uh, you know, because of fear like something like this is going to happen again. Oh, and, so so James McCormick is going to have to not go in with the rope and all that and the duct tape he was going to use to kidnap Axel. <laughs> exactly. He's fucked. His plan <laughs> has been foiled. Damn you, terrorist! <laughs> yeah, you, you you won't even you won't be able to get close to the to the sixth keyboard player. <laughs> oh, nah, come on, don't get that ridiculous. I mean, security may be tight, but that's pretty easy to do. <laughs> They'll be like, what? Oh, you do? You do play keyboards? <laughs> the only one you'd be able to meet is Steven Adler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, because he's the guy trying to get in. Yeah, exactly. He's outside, he's in line with him. <laughs> he's trying to buy a ticket. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, but yeah, yeah, very unfortunate, man, and uh, I, I hope this doesn't happen again. Yeah, uh, not to make light of it. Yeah, that is a terrible, terrible tragedy. Yeah. And it really affected our friend Stephen Kirsch, who is yeah. from that area, and yeah. he made a post about it talking about, man, that's a place I go to, that's a venue I went to, and that's, right. I mean, seeing the footage is that, dude, that's where I lived. You know, I walked down that street. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, and that really brings home like a lot of us hear about oh man it's so tragic oh, yeah. how, how bad that is but I think it hits people harder where it's like dude that's where I'm I know that place you know what right. I mean well it's like I, I know it's a total different situation but uh, mm. a good friend of mine was from Rhode Island and he knew the place where that great white fire happened and knew a lot of people he passed away in that and that right. was you know cause he said hey dude Rhode Island the whole state's like a big fucking city <laughs> you right. know, people know each other, and, and uh, man, that really, you know, really affected him. I mean, and that was another, you know, it wasn't a terrorist attack, but another terrible tragedy where, you know, people just go to have a good time, you know, and, and something, you know, disastrous happens. But, yeah, uh, hopefully, 
hopefully this doesn't happen again. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be more attacks. It's the way of the world. I wish they'd stay away, you know, from people who just want to go out and have a good time, though, and just blow themselves up. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. It's, it's just, God, man, it's like the mentality of these fuckers. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like, oh, when I die, I'm going to get 16 virgins. Asshole, Lemmy's already had them. Right. You know and, what I mean? and besides, you know, have you ever fucked a virgin? It's not that much fun. I'd it rather, sucks. Yeah, I, it's give, terrible. Give, give me two good whores. <laughs> you know, that no give me a doing. girl that's had a gangbang with a bunch of beep. And, you know, that's what I, I want to marry a girl like that. I'm telling you. To yeah, all but if you marry your mother, you know, that that's illegal even in Florida. And mark my words, I'm saying this to all my listeners. If Dr. Fuck ever gets married, I would find it an honor for you guys to all bang her. <laughs> I got to be there and watch, though. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. Uh-huh. All right. Well, the other uh, big story was the death of Chris Cornell. And, and man, I think that caught a lot of people uh, by surprise. Yeah, I was like, What? That makes no sense to me, you know? Yeah, I mean, I woke that up... That was the picture of health, you know? Yeah, I woke up that morning, very very early that morning, uh, you know, and, and saw it on, on uh, Blabbermouth, and uh, I was just like, wow. And then you find out it's suicide, which shocked me, like, even Yeah, even more, more, like, what? Yeah. And, uh... I the mean, conspiracy I'm, theories are already flying, too. Oh, yeah. You know, and there's a lot of, you know... Uh, and who knows, there might be some more... Uh, you know, substantial news by the time this airs on Sunday. Uh, I don't think they've released the toxicology report, but it is known that he was given two Ativan uh, before he went on stage. And we don't know if he had anything else in his system. But supposedly, that's one of those drugs that can induce suicidal thoughts. And I've never taken anything like that. But I, I see the commercials all the time. Like, what is it? Like that that chantic shit to quit smoking, you know? May cause suicidal thoughts. Who would fucking take that shit? If, if that's, <coughs> you know, if if that's a side effect of this shit, you know? And, 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 and nobody knows for sure. I mean, this guy might already been thinking about this shit. Or maybe these drugs really do that. I've never personally taken anything that made me want to fucking kill myself. <coughs> You know, I, I, you know, no, of course, yeah. you know, yeah, I, I, I'm taking shit to have fun, <laughs> you know, not to, not to fucking end it, you know. And what was wrong with Chris Cornell that he needed to take that medication? You know, that's something else. Like, was he yeah. suffering depression? Or? Well, I, I know that they said that he did go to rehab, uh, you know, early in the millennium. And, but by all accounts, I think was, you know, was doing well. I mean, I think he had a long term of sobriety uh well it just came out today that uh the sound man said that he had never seen chris cornell like this ever uh and and see, thought that he seemed uh high or out of it and uh was having problems like all night during the show and by accounts i guess his wife called the cops because he was slurring his words you know and and I mean, nobody knows what was said. You know, was he saying some suicidal shit to his wife? Like, hey, I'm about ready to end it or something. Right. I, I mean, that, that you know, we could possibly never know. But uh, it's it's just, it's fucked. I mean, it's bad enough that he died, but then to know he did himself in. And it, admittedly, I don't, uh, I don't have much sympathy for uh, 
depression. And, 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 and I'm not saying I'm in the right. I'm just being honest about how I feel. And, and remember, I'm the liberal. <laughs> but I, I just, I don't know. I almost feel like, like you've said it before. Like, you know, now all of a sudden people have fucking panic attacks. You know, where was this shit 30 years ago? And people are like, you know, oh, I'm depressed. I'm, you know, and I just want to say like, you know, try being like a kid in fucking Bosnia or some shit like that. Sometimes, you know, yeah. it's like people, you know, I believe the term is white people problems. <laughs> like you're really complaining about some white people shit. Now, now here's a guy, uh, a successful musician, and not saying that that guarantees fucking happiness, but, you know, not only do you have the means to, to seek help if you need it, you know, it's like, what, what kind of problems can you have? And first and foremost, you're a husband and a father. Right. And you take yourself out, you know. I just saw a thing today, and people were tearing this guy apart, but a, a former guitar player <clears throat> from the Foo Fighters went off on a rant about, you know, fuck him, what a selfish thing to do. He's not thinking about his family and stuff. And then, you know, he took the post down. People were attacking him. And then it came out like this guy, uh, he said, hey, I know that sounds insensitive. He goes, I was in shock and then I was in anger because I had a suicide in my family, you know, and I'm sorry if I seemed insensitive. But, you know, he's got a point that I didn't I didn't even really think about that much. Is This guy's got three kids and, and a wife, you know. and But, you know, I jumped to a conclusion with Robin Williams. At first, I was really like, oh, my God, you know, how in the fuck could he do this? Why would he do this? But then, you know, you came to find out later, man, he found he found he was coming down with MS. And and, I, right. and, and, and like maybe had early signs of Parkinson's as well. And then I think, like, hey, that's the only way I could see, you know, taking a hot shot or doing something, you know, is if, if I had a condition like that, I would rather not live. You know, but that's like a real problem that won't go away, you know. You know, girls, money problems, shit like that, man. If if you ended over that, you know, I got I, I really I got no sympathy for you. Maybe that makes me a fucking monster. You know what I? But, but maybe it's because I'm an egotistical asshole. But I would never, never is as bad as it got. I never thought about killing myself. Maybe killing somebody else. You know. But then again, you know, I'm too pretty to go to jail. <laughs> you know. So it's like, I it's just. You know, like Bill Ward said, it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And then just to think, you know, when, when you when you got children, you know, that, that that need you not only financially but but emotionally, you know, want their yeah. want their father around. You have you have a wife who wants you, you know wants you around. You know, it's just like, wow, you know. But then, hey, is this drug really that powerful that it could? make a, a, a normally sane person do this. That I don't know because I admittedly I I've never taken anything like this. I don't know if this shit is that powerful. Uh, or or the uh, maybe he had something else and, and if you take something else with that it's right. a lethal combination mentally, you know, who knows? Right. And like I said, we know he was given uh you know two Ativan before the show, that's been confirmed. But you know, you're, you're gonna have to wait for the toxicology report to uh, to see if there was anything else in the system. Now, I I believe he's already been cremated, and then the uh, isn't he supposed to be buried Friday? That's yeah, 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 Friday. But he's he's already been cremated. So I mean, I'm sure they did all the tests, but maybe the results haven't come back yet. But 
uh, you know, if this shit is that fucking powerful, man, then then, then take it off. But the market, but like I said, I've I've seen there, there there's there's more than one drug too. I've seen on TV where they say may cause suicidal thoughts. You know, and I just I can't comprehend taking anything that remotely might do that. You know. Yeah, I mean that. The, the truth of the matter is, shit, even alcohol makes me bang ugly girls. I mean, you know, I, I'm not making a joke. It's just really true. Right. You know, it's like, well, I, I, I should not say ugly because beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But let's just say I've woken up going, oh, man, I would never do that shit sober. So, so and, and alcohol is a drug, you know, no matter what. Right. So, and it's a depressant. <clears throat> exactly. So <clears throat> my point is I'm not going to quit quit. Uh, I would, in the past, quick to judge, like, you know, Kurt Cobain, you're a fucking scumbag, you had a daughter, and this and that, but due to a recent event, I think I told you about a friend of mine, I don't think I should say his name, but he's the guy I told you that saw Jimi Hendrix and he recently killed himself. I don't know if you told me, but I saw a post, I saw something you put uh, about that, but I mean, it wasn't like real descriptive, just that you had lost somebody and... You know, that well, yeah, it was, it was, it was my brother's really like best friend. He's good, really good friend. Right. When I went to, uh, what did I go to? He took me to the airport to go to see. I think it was the New York show. It's, it's been that recent when I played New York. When right. my brother was taking me to to the airport, he was on the phone with him saying, "Dude, don't sell me out. You better fucking be there Saturday. We're gonna go bike riding. No, no, no. I'll be there. I'll be there." Right. And then he never called him, and my brother got all upset. And then he found out the next day, he went into a hotel and shot and shot himself and killed wow. himself. Now, this is a guy, you know, he was a, he was a cool dude, man. This guy was super. He was just a nice guy, kind of quiet. He would oh, he's a total American, total gringo that would always go to my my family's uh, uh, Cuban fucking part, like you know the. The, you know, us Cubans on Christmas Eve, you know, we always have this big meal with a, with a pig and all that. Right. And he would always be there. And Sammy would be, oh, I just said his name. <laughs> but he, he would go, he would go, and he was just a nice guy. He worked in the city with me, and he was part of my training. He, sh- he showed me uh, the tra- uh, training stuff. I did spend a full week with him, but I've also been to concerts with him. Super nice guy who had a daughter. He did have a daughter. And when he ended himself, he wrote a note apologizing, saying, look, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm doing this, but um, this is my choice and, and blah, blah. Now, the only thing I gather about his situation is that he did have chronic back pain. That's according to my brother. And uh, but at the same time, it kind of hits close to me because you know, even though he was my brother's good friend, I didn't technically hang out with him because every time I went to concerts with him, it was with my brother. We would all go as a group. Right. But he, something, there's something, I don't even think it's medication. I think it's, and, and like I said about panic attacks and all that shit, that I'll stand by, okay? But as far as depression goes, I think depression is also some kind of, like you know ms or it's something like you know that you know how ms attacks your body i think depression attacks your brain and it really 
and it, and, it, and it makes you not th- think, see things clearly, and you just kill yourself. And you know it's wrong you do it, but you're not thinking right in the first place. So as far as Chris Cornell, if and also another big if is if he really did kill himself. You never know. Maybe he was murdered. You know we can't. You know we just can't jump right. to conclusions. The guy didn't leave a suicide note. He actually. Uh, did a Twitter that day going, I'm back in Detroit, Rock City. Doesn't sound like a guy that was about to kill himself. Yeah. It just seems, but then again, also the medication uh, might have did it. Our brain, you know, I mean, I've done stuff that I've regretted because of my brain, you know? Uh, the Guns N' Roses girl, for instance. I was in love with her because of my brain. You know, and looking back now at all the warning signs, you know, I get mad at my brain, but Sometimes, and and this goes to everybody out there, we've all fallen in love with some girl that you look back on and you think what an idiot you were. But man, when your brain is in that state of mind, there's nothing that can change it. So I do stand, after the recent death of my brother's best friend, and 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 he was a good friend of mine. Uh, Not a good friend, but a friend of mine. Um, It really did open my eyes saying, you know what, man? There must be some... Uh, mental affliction that may cause people to do that that you know they don't know they don't see it as a, a wrong thing and and uh, he did have a daughter too you know right. and it is selfish I'm not saying it's not a selfish act but maybe your brain goes through a thing where that selfishness is kind of clouded you know it's like and you know the daughter was full grown I mean Chris Cornell and Kurt Cobain they were babies well, I don't know about Chris Cornell. I think she's like a teen, right? Well, he's got one daughter, I believe, from his first wife, and then he's got two children with his with what was his current wife, and I believe they're, you know, maybe eleven and that's terrible, or something, or something like that, you know. And, that's terrible. And, and like I said, you know, and I I feel bad for his family. I feel bad for Soundgarden fans. You know, I I love Soundgarden. I wasn't like. You, you know, I'm not going to pretend. Like, I, we always talk about when somebody dies, we hate those people who pretend. Now, I was really affected by, by Bowie's death because I've always been a huge Bowie fan. I was affected by Lemmy's death. <coughs> you know, I was affected uh, by Prince's death. You know, and I'm sad about Chris Cornell because I believe he was an incredible talent, you know. He had a, a voice like no other, you know, but it's just like, man. Uh, yeah, you know what? It's it, it's it's because we all are quick to judge, and without really knowing the whole thing, we don't know what he was going through. We yeah. don't know the whole situation. He could have been murdered. It could have been the medication that clouded his memory. Because I honestly don't think. Well, I don't know Chris Cornell's fact, but you know, if you're gonna kill yourself and you have kids, there's something much deeper than selfishness, if you ask me. It's not all about, fuck my kids, I want to kill myself. I don't care if they live without a father or not. I think it's deeper than that. And we're all quick to, you know, oh, fuck him because he had kids and he did that. You know, it's like, even in Kurt Cobain's case, it's like, I don't know what the fuck that guy, that guy was a junkie with stomach problems. Who knows? But, well, you know, know, even that one, I was like, well, man, you can't, when somebody's a fucking junkie like that, you know, nothing surprises me. Because you, re- right. you really aren't in your right mind, and you're capable of anything, you know, you know when you're on something like heroin. But it, now, was he on something that strong? I, I mean, who knows? I've even heard people, like, 
you know, think it was like in excess. It was some weird jacking off fucking thing. And yeah, I thought that too at the beginning. I was like, wait, he was caught masturbate. I mean, he would caught. He hung himself. You and know, I was thinking, could this be like? You know what I heard too? That David Carradine uh, was a case of not auto asphyxiation. No, oh, I yeah, and, I I heard he was murdered. You know. Yeah, I heard something to the effect that. He, he wasn't doing auto asphyxiation and all this time I thought he was you can't go by it, it's just I don't know man it, it's like until you walk into somebody's shoes you can't judge people it's like and, and, and I hate to you, you know I forgot what the fuck I put up the other oh it was uh, somebody put up crap or classics nobody full uh, Cinderella right and I was like classic was wow I would have never thought you would well you don't walk in my shoes asshole I mean stop <laughs> judging me you don't know me you know and that's that's the problem with a lot of people. It's like I can't judge people just by if I don't know. I can judge somebody yeah. I know personally if they've done fucked up shit to people. Then I can say, yeah, you're a fucking dick. I can I have proof, you know, that of you know Bob Daisley being a liar, you know. I have proof of a lot of shit, and there's so much proof of Bob Daisley's, you know, going back over and over again. It's like, dude, if I'm gonna judge somebody, I need some fucking proof. Right. I mean, when Ozzy Osbourne was sued about. Suicide Solution. Where the fuck was Bob Daisley? You know? He was hiding, you know? If he did actually write that song, boy, he didn't come out at all, did he? Going, hey, why are you blaming Ozzy? Yeah. I wrote that song. Ozzy didn't kill that kid. I did. Give me some credit. Exactly. And that's another... And so that's somebody that brought that up on the podcast page, and I went, holy shit, I never thought of that. That's true. That motherfucker didn't claim songwriting credits during during that part which makes me which makes him even a bigger asshole to me but going back going back and i want to reiterate something i said on our uh this week's youtube exclusive because we did talk about chris cornell on our last uh episode of that terrible album review and um and i did bring up the fact how oh I, right once chris cornell died i made a post on the podcast thing going all right, who's the first one to change their main picture to Chris Cornell? You know, because I knew it was going to happen. And sure enough, I seen already. I seen like six people already, or maybe even more. But here's my point on that. It's like I I kind of like left a very very important part out because now we're going to go into this this uh, fanship of when people die. Now I'm not saying these people aren't Soundgarden fans and are very deeply affected but i do have a theory on this whole thing i feel like a lot of people they like soundgarden but then they kind of like lost touch and like they don't really talk about them anymore right. obviously this is the case because the only soundgarden post i've seen on the rock and metal combat podcast in like a long fucking time as far as i can remember was mine like two weeks ago right. i made a post about bad motor finger which got like five replies if I was to do that today and get 100 replies. Right. My point is, there's a lot of people, I feel, that they like Soundgarden. They're cool. Yeah, right. Soundgarden's cool, but they don't talk about them anymore because it's kind of like, oh, yeah, they're something I, I liked or I still like, but they, they really, you know, I, I'm more into this stuff now. Right, but... But, it, it, but then it, when Chris Cornell dies, it's like, oh, now I'm all of a sudden the huge fan I was before or even bigger than I was. Yeah, but in, in defense, there's always going to be you know, lemmings that just want to cling to something because everybody else is doing it. But then there's people like uh, Ryan Russell on our fan page. Now, that guy has been talking about Chris Cornell since he's been on the page. You know, he just went and saw Temple of the Dog 
uh, when they did a thing. I mean, this guy has always, always talked about Soundgarden. So I, I know this guy is coming okay, then, from then, then, 100%. Well, you know, did he know? change his picture to Chris Cornell? I, I can't remember offhand if, if he well, did Well, if or he not. did, then, then that would be more legitimate to me. Right. But for those that... I've never seen you talk about Soundgarden. I've never seen you talk about Bowie. I've never seen you talking about, you know, um, who's the other one? Prince. Come on, you got, you got, you know, you never saw Prince on the podcast page till he died. I'm sorry, it's the truth. It's the truth. Right. <coughs> now, I'm not saying these people aren't legitimate fans of these artists, but fuck, dude, if you're gonna fucking talk about Rat every fucking day. And then all of a sudden, no, no, now it's all about Soundgarden. It's like, dude, after a while, Piercy died. Oh, man, I dread Piercy dying. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to leave the page if that fucker dies. <laughs> I'll tell you, the one I I can't fucking wait for is when I see fucking 10 people with Sammy Hagar's picture. Oh, I can't wait for that. Uh, they'll be banned immediately. <laughs> you hear that, Nate? You go cry at home when he bites the big one. <laughs> Don't do that shit in public. <laughs> Ouch. So yeah, my point my my point of the matter is is that it is kind of weak though. It's like fuck, you know, don't change your picture to Chris Cornell if you know you haven't talked about him and you haven't listened to Soundgarden in many, many years. And then all of a sudden he dies, it's like I got a brand new appreciation for him. It's like I'm sorry, dude. It's kinda lame. It's like you should have loved him when he was alive. That's yeah, why well, I talk about Claus Mine a lot. Well, I don't know. I just have a, it bothers me. It's just you know, it's just a little pet peeve. And I, and I do see it because uh, we've done. Remember the huge outcry when Lemmy died. I, I yeah. Mean, people lost their shit. We've done three fucking uh, Motorhead, Motorhead episodes, episodes yeah. and they don't get good ratings. People, <laughs> they they, yeah. don't, they don't have the numbers that others so so. Obviously, it's like, oh, yeah. but when it really comes well, to knowing I, Motorhead, you know, I've, I've got a tattoo that takes up half my arm. I've got every fucking Motorhead album, you know. Well, uh, let, me give, let, me, let me have you a question, because you are the numbers guy. Yes. How did the tribute to Lemmy do, uh, uh, other than our album reviews? Oh, oh, the tribute to Lemmy totally eclipsed our, our, uh, uh, our Motorhead actual reviews. And we've done Another Perfect Day. We've done Iron Fist. We've done Bastards, and uh, we just did Inferno. And... I rest my case. Yeah. I rest my case. Let me, because we put that up right when Lemmy died, and it's yeah. like, oh, now I got, you know, now I want to listen, because he died. You know, it's like, right. Ah, it's just a weird situation. I mean, I'm not completely, you know, innocent here, because yesterday I put on Spy Who Loved Me, and yeah. I haven't seen that year, that album in years. Uh, that's and my that favorite movie. Roger Moore. Uh, it is my favorite Roger Moore movie. It's the only James Bond movie, which we should talk about Roger Moore dying. Yes. Because that guy was awesome. But here's a, now here's a guy where I fall into the category, though my main picture isn't Roger Moore. <laughs> and I made I made one post about it because it's and that's it. I'm not going to fucking put up clips of Spider Lummy. But when I was a little kid, that was the movie, the only James Bond movie I would go see in the theater more than once. I went over and over. Then I saw Moonraker, and I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> Moonraker I didn't was go the first back. one I saw. <laughs> I didn't go back to see Moonraker. I didn't like that one. But I love Spy Who Loved Me when I was a kid. And, yes, I, I own I own it. I do own the, 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 the Blu-ray. 
Yeah. I own the Blu-ray of uh, Spy Who because I buy Blu-rays of movies that I love, you know, and that's one I love. But you didn't see me talking about... I know one time I put up a picture of Jaws, that character, right, on my, on my Facebook page because I loved him too. But that was like maybe a year or two ago. But that did reopen a like, wow, man, I'm going to go watch that movie again because, you know... Roger Moore was very special to me as a kid. So, in a way, this bashing is a little hypocritical for everybody because I fall in the same category. But I don't spam the goddamn page like I'm a mega fan, even though I am a mega fan of that movie. But, you know. The sad thing is, you know, somewhere on Facebook, there's some asshole who's got their profile pic as Timothy Dalton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn, Roger Moore. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and everybody like, and then you know, I I know everybody was like, Sean Connery's the best Bond, and I love Sean Connery. Uh, you know, I love Doctor No. That was the first one was awesome, and I liked a couple of other ones too. But Roger Moore to me was the coolest. That guy was just fucking. He had a little humor. Yeah. And he, oh, yeah. And he looked cooler to me. He looked more like you know, like a pimp. I, I've I've changed a bunch of times. Who's my favorite Bond? But I remember when I was a kid. It was all about Roger Moore because that's who I grew up with. And my dad's yeah. like, fuck you, Sean Connery. But that's who he grew up with. Yeah. Live it, and Let Die is another great Oh, one. that those two are my... Live and Let Die and, and Spy and Love Me are my favorite Roger Moore's by that far. boat scene is fucking oh, yeah. epic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no. I, I, I'm telling you, yeah. That's a real sad passing, too. It's a, yeah. The, the great Roger Moore. But, debonair motherfucker. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, one thing you got to look at, man. He was he was 89. He was going to be 90 in October. So that's an awesome life. And yeah. what a lot of people might not know is he was he was the UK ambassador to uh UNICEF. And, there you go. And, I knew I knew yes. there was something about him where he was like into charity. And stuff. Yeah, he he did a lot a lot um for UNICEF. Okay, good. Yeah. See there you go. And he was a great human being. Yeah, yeah and uh, you know, I I watched, you know, a lot of the the clips that were put up, you know, last night and stuff and you know, there, there wasn't one person, uh, you, you know, you never hear any bad stories about Roger Moore. And what, uh, what, what I heard that I never knew I thought was awesome, uh, I believe it was Richard Burton, you know, legendary alcoholic. Yeah. He, he said he's never seen anybody in his life hold his liquor like Roger Moore. <laughs> said he could just drink you under the table and never, like, be, be slurring or, 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 you know, be abusive. Just sit there. You never know this motherfucker. Just you know, drink a couple bottles of liquor. So that's well, pretty that's cool awesome. too. You know, but uh, I yes. like Oliver Reed. Remember that motherfucker? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, Oliver Reed was a partier. His friend was fucking Keith Moon. <laughs> exactly. He partied with Keith Moon. Now that dude, if you want to see some funny shit, Oliver Reed drunk on YouTube. He's done talk shows fucking hammered. Oh yeah. And there, it's something to see. I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to the review, and this week it's for Adam Marshall, our, our, our favorite Aussie. Yeah. I love that guy. Oh, that yeah. guy is very, very, I, I love the hell. I love you, Adam. You're fucking an awesome guy, a really good guy. Hell yeah, I second that, and uh, he wanted us to do Orchid's second full-length album, The Mounts of Madness, and we're going to give it to him. Here there we go. go. All right, now it's time to review the 2013 album by a band called Orchid. Uh, this is the first for us doing like a band that's not really popular. Right. Uh, uh, Into the Mouth of Madness. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, 
you didn't really turn me on to this band because I was aware of Orchid. I don't think I've listened to them, or maybe I did. Because I remember when you were gushing over them, I thought, that's that Sabbathy sounding band, you know? I mean, I, I, I was aware of them. Right. But I can't really pinpoint when, you know, I, I must have heard them for me to say that. Uh, but I don't remember how or where, or, you know. But uh, you are a big fan of this band. And uh, you're always flying the flag for them, especially on the Wadzilla show. Yes, I always, sir. I always hear them there. And uh, that's pretty much all I can say about my, uh, you know, my history with Orchid, because I really don't know much about them. And, uh, and yes, I studied this album, so we will talk about it. But go ahead. Go ahead, fanboy. Talk about how much you love this band. Yeah, I got turned on these guys through, uh, through Mr. X. There's a page Mr. X goes to to uh, get us all our our metal. You mean and that dude that hangs out at your mirror? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, but on on the site uh, they'll give a description of the band, and sometimes I'll just check it out if, if the description of the band is something I like. And this one is, you know, was doom metal, you know, retro metal, and I was like, oh well, let me check that out because I'm. A- I'm always complaining about the new shit. I don't really feel it. But I'm like, oh, retro. I love retro shit. Checked it out, man. And I just couldn't believe my fucking ears. This was the first one that I heard. And then went and got everything uh, that I could. I've got this album. Man. It's, I got this on double vinyl. It's like a pink vinyl. It's in gatefold. It's so awesome. And it takes up... Uh, actually three sides so the so the the back side of the second one it just has like the the cover like edged into the vinyl oh it's fucking awesome and and what a band to listen to on vinyl because they just have a great you know you know retro sound the way they write lyrics is like old school 70s metal um some people think it's too much you know like it's just too blatant Sabbath ripoff, and I can kind of see why people say that, but the music is so good, it doesn't bother me. The way, like, you, you know, everybody bitched about Kingdom Come when they came out, saying, oh, this is a real shitty, you know, Zeppelin clone, you know, because it was like Zeppelin meets cock rock kind of thing, and it just, you can see where they were influenced, but it just wasn't that great, even though I do like some of their songs as a whole. You know, you know, it's nothing special. But these guys just, man, they they got it right, and they got a new album supposed to be coming out this year, and I cannot wait. They work very slow, and I just found out today the drummer that uh, I'm friends with on Facebook is no longer in the band. They have a new drummer, and I was wondering why when I was talking to him on, online, I was like, "Hey, man, I'm pushing pushing uh, Orchid on the radio show." He's like, "Yeah, push this band." And I was like, oh, I thought it was just a side project. But no, unfortunately, he's out of the band. And uh, I'm curious to see what this new guy likes is like because uh, Carter, <laughs> Kennedy, Carter Kennedy, the drummer that was on this album, and all the other ones are fucking amazing. Definitely from the school of Chuck Biscuits and Bill Ward. And uh, I, I can't recommend these guys enough. They only have two full-length albums, and they have like three EPs. Uh, and they have a compilation of some stuff from another label, but uh, definitely check these guys out. And I'm glad that Adam Marshall picked this. I think they're coming to Australia, and he's really excited to see him. 
So that's my fandom for Orkin. All right, very cool, dude. You want to take that first song? All right, the title track, Mouse of Madness. Holy fucking shit. This is the one, you know, the, the first one I heard. All right, let me check this out. And that riff just came in. Oh, my God, was I blown away. The drums, the sound. And, and, and here's one thing where a lot of bands fuck up when they try to go retro. They kind of do it musically, but the production is shit. You know, it's like you can't make something sound old school and then it sounds like, you know, all pro tools and shit like this. The sound, and, and this album is living proof that you can make an old school sounding album because this does not sound like it came out in 2013, not only song-wise, but, but production-wise. And this blows away fucking 13 by Sabbath. If, 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 you know, if you had that production, I mean, you still need Bill Ward there, but I mean, that production would have helped that album tremendously. And this band, uh, it's produced by the lead singer Theo Mendel and a guy named Will Storkson. And whatever they're doing, everybody needs to use these guys as a production team because holy fuck, when this kicks in, you're just taken back. And uh, man, that voice. You know, there's a lot of people that Ozzy, you know, influenced them, but Ozzy has a pretty unique voice that really doesn't sound like anybody else. And this guy is about as close as I ever heard from, you know, I'm not counting like somebody like in a cover band, but you know, there's not really other metal bands that really sound like Ozzy. There's a bunch of people trying to do Dio and shit like that. And then, you know, everybody tries to be Robert Plant, but there's nobody that really sounds like Ozzy, but this guy's got that Ozzy-esque voice. I think he's got, you know, technically a little bit better voice but it's, I mean, it's damn close, and it's got that grit and that, that just something special that Ozzy's got, you know. Uh, and uh, you know, Ozzy's a lot like, you know, like David Lee Roth might not be technically, but there's something about that voice that is so special, and uh, the, you know, and that, plus Ozzy's character. But this guy's got that feeling, and then when you, you know, you hear the band, holy shit, uh, this one. This is tied for my favorite on the album, and this is a song like anybody, you know, that I want to turn on to this. You know, this is what I would play them. Go, okay, this this is what Orchid's about. And, you know, if you like this, you're gonna like this band. But yeah, tied for my favorite track. Incredible. What do you think? I never got around to listen to this album. Dude. You played this on your radio show, right? I can't remember yeah. this one. <laughs> right, take the next one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um. Well, dude, I would like to rebut what you say. I really don't hear it, but then again, everybody says I sound like Steve Souza. Now, I can tell you one guy that sounds a lot like Ozzy. Check out a band called Count Raven. That no, I've, guy, heard, I've heard of him, but I've never heard Oh, my God. That guy is too much like Ozzy. A little too, I mean, way too much, you know? Where this guy, I don't know, you to me, it doesn't sound like uh, uh, Ozzy, and, and I'll go into this song and I'll explain what I think he sounds like. Um, I don't think he sounds like anybody. I think he's got a unique voice of his own. But um, this song is very forward. And to me, not so much Sabbath, and I know this is going to sound weird, but I think it's very reminiscent of Trouble, who sounds a lot like Sabbath. You know? It's got a very spooky riff running through it. 
Yes, it has that Sabbathy vibe injected to it, but normally I can't get into music that's kind of retro stuff when it comes to Sabbath worship, except for Trouble, but now Orchid too, because the singer doesn't—he doesn't sound like Eric Wagner, the guy from Trouble, but right. the way he delivers the vocals does remind me of something Eric Wagner would do. I also noticed that retro stuff Monster Magnet tries to do on this song. Because I hear, like, you know, when Monster Magnet... I, I hear Monster Magnet in the song, but for some reason, when Orchid does it, uh, I hear a little deeper feel that Monster Magnet, for me, does not have. Uh, Monster Magnet is one of those bands I really don't hate, but at the same time, they're just there for me. And that little short little pickup at the end is a sweet way to close out this song. I, I dig this song a lot. And yeah, it probably is my favorite one. I never really uh, sat down and said, which is my favorite song on this album? But uh, man, just as much as that song, I really love the next one, Marching Dogs of War. It's funny how tra how Trouble is so Sabbathy, But hearing this song reminds me of Trouble, not Sabbath. It's weird. Uh, some of it almost sounds like Black Shades of Doom. I don't know if you ever heard that song by Trouble. At times, no. it does. It does have kind of like structure in some, in some parts, but it does have a couple twists and turns that appeal to my, my pumping fist of rage. Another uh, killer turn with uh, elements I love uh, from other songs. The harmonica solo fits right in, and you know how I feel about instruments you blow into. Right. This is a song that uh, is what I would consider like a song. Not trying hard on here, has a very natural flow to it, and it's very appealing to my ears, and I really like, I tell you the truth, I don't know which one I like more. I think it's kind of tied with the first two tracks. I like Marching Dogs of War a lot. Uh, I, I love it, man, and to me, th this is how you do it. This is how you this do it. This is old, how we do it. <laughs> old school, uh, you know, 70s hard rock and metal i mean i mean, I mean and it's definitely you, you know you know this definitely more like in the vein of priest and i mean not, i mean not pre, uh sabbath than priest type of metal but very much like you, you can hear you know some shades of, of kind of like deep purple but like that 70s type of rock and stuff like uh buggy or bungee however the fuck you say that shit but budgie but it's definitely like that 70s flavor man and uh, again just killer killer production and this is definitely like early if you're going to compare it to like a certain era of Sabbath a lot of these songs sound like the first three eras of Sabbath because to me that's a very distinct you know the first album through through Masters you know and, and a lot of them are in that vein but then there's other stuff that's just as adventurous as you know what they would do on uh sabbath bloody sabbath and uh sabotage and even you know technical a little bit but uh but this is definitely early 70s great meat potatoes hard rock i, I like what you say i mean just a good good song nothing fancy but it's well thought out and well planned and maybe that's why they're so slow and maybe they just take their time to really you know, make sure they're not overthinking it, but undercooking it at the same time. Because I mean, 
These are just like perfect fucking sounded songs. And yeah, I love Marching Dogs of War. It definitely would be in my top three, I'd say, for this album. Great one. But then we go into the next one, Silent One. Uh, now this one's like a like a slow grinder, like a real good groover. It this one's not quite as like you know got got the hooks. This is more just like setting a slow tempo mood and uh, just blistering hard rock that you don't hear anymore. I mean, I mean, you really there's a few retro bands, you know, and I love uh, Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats, but even that's a little bit more. You know, more of a Beatles influence mixed with the Sabbath, where this is just pure '70s English early metal and blues, and uh, man, it's just a killer fucking track. So far, they're off the hell of a start. What do you think of Silent One? All right, Silent One, <clears throat> Into the Void. Anyone? Uh, <laughs> this is what this is full blown Sabbath worship here, more than the last two songs. Last two songs had little elements. Mostly, I hear more trouble, but this one is all Sabbath. And I really, really dig the jam section in this song. It, it fucking owns. It's total Sabbath jamming. And, uh, to me, it's the best part of the song. I think it's a very cool tune. Now, if only 13 could have done shit like that, but it couldn't because it needed Bill Ward to make magic like this. Uh, it's a great song once again. Now, I'll go to the next one. And uh, before I go into the next one, I... You know, Orchid like is not really a huge band, so chances are somebody from the band may be listening to us right now. And uh, just want to let you guys know that uh, uh, I really dig it. I really dig the band, so don't take my criticism to heart. It's just a personal opinion, and in no way I feel like I'm bad. Because, you know, when I listen to people bash my band, it's so self-righteous, like they know what they're talking about. I don't. I'm just talking for me. So this is what I'll say about Nomad. I feel it's like their version of Wheel Confusion. Just straight ahead 70s hard rock and a couple twists and turns. Uh, this one's not really as good as the songs that came before. It's okay. But personally, I mean, just me. I don't think there's nothing to write home about. It's just there. And... I do hear a lot of wheels of confusion on this. So this one didn't really grab me like the first three. What do you think? Um, I, I can see what you're getting there. I would call this one almost killer filler. Uh, I, I, I don't hate it. I think it's a, it's a good rocker. But yeah, I mean, it, it, the way they front-loaded this album, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to, <laughs> to keep that momentum. And... If there's anything I would change about this album, and, and it's even hard to say this, but maybe uh, the track listing a little bit and, and break some of these up a little bit. Because I, I uh, you know, it's just sometimes when you front load an album that much, you know, it, it makes other stuff stick out more where it wouldn't if you change the sequences. But I definitely, I definitely like the song. But I see what you're saying. It's, it's not as good as the first three. But I still dig No Man. Right, what do you think of Mountains of Steel? Mountains of Steel. This is like a kitchen sink epic. There's a, a lot of shit going on in this one, and uh, and and I love that about them because it, there's there's some bands that like when they copy Sabbath, and I'm not saying they're copying Sabbath, but well, I mean, I mean definitely influence. But you know what I mean? Not like straight out. 
but they'll just pick like one thing and be real one-dimensional about it. At least when these guys do their interpretation of that kind of music, they go balls out and they do the time changes. You know, that they do the different parts of the, you know, the song where, you know, where it's not just one-dimensional the whole way through, a lot of changes. And that's what keeps it interesting for me. And that's what I loved about, you know, Sabbath in the first place. And uh, <laughs> I know if they are listening, it's be like, quit talking about fucking Sabbath and talk about us. Yeah, it's like but, it's like somebody talking about Exodus when you talk about my band. Where right. we sound nothing like Exodus. And people say, I, like, musically, you know we don't sound nothing like Exodus. But people no. blame me for... Which is, I, you know, I love the guy's voice, so, you know, I don't really take it as a insult, but I really don't feel like I sound like Sousa at all. But go ahead. Uh, but uh, I, I just like these elements about the band and, and doing the epic part of the, the, the changes, I think, is what sets them apart from other bands and, 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 and makes it more legit and, and more substantial, makes it something that you want to go back to and listen to over and over again. Uh, love Mountains of Steel. What do you think? Oh, I'm sorry, fanboy. This one goes nowhere for me. Uh, a bit repetitious. Uh, uh, riff I find kind of bland. But hey, if it tickles your sphincter, I'm, then I'm happy. And yes, uh, Sab- Sabbathy without the golly elements, the first three tracks had on the album. And at the same time, I must stress, it's an opinion. It's not science. Science is how killer our podcast is. That's true. But this is not science. It's just a personal opinion. So uh, let me go to the next one. Uh, leaving it all behind. Yep. The the lead-off riff on this reminds me of Flight of the Rat from uh, Deep Purple. Then it goes into, again, I, some, I just can't get into it. Uh, it becomes kind of, Oh, wait. You, yeah, yeah, you talked about mine. It becomes kind of one-dimensional me. Even with the slight changes, to me it goes nowhere. It's like Sabbath songs with, uh, without the surprises. Uh, the hooks aren't like they don't. I don't get hooked to the hooks, and uh, it's just another song that I'm kind of like, oh, uh, like the last one. I'm kind of like a little lost here in the middle of this album, and I'm kind of like, oh, like you said, it was front loaded, and now it's kind of like. Okay, I'm hearing the same old, same old, but without the the little elements of uh, those first three songs that really grabbed me, you know. So that's what I think about leaving it all behind. Uh, I definitely like it better than you, but but uh, but I can see uh, I can see what you're saying. Once again, I like the song. It's not as good as the first three, but uh, what I like about this is that if once again you're going to reflect on Sabbath. To me, this sounds like something more of, of uh, Sabbath, bloody Sabbath era, musically. You know, it's not just you know, you know, primarily riff based. There's a lot of other shit going on in this one, and it's more experimental. Uh, again, I like it more than you, but no, it's not as good as the first three. But I, I still think it's a great song. And then we go into the next one, which is "Loving Hand of God," and. This is the one I keep going back and forth, whether this or the title track is my favorite. This just oozes, oozes, you know, not only Sabbath, but evil and blues and exactly, it's very English sounding to me. And I love, you know, early 70s 
uh, English, you know, prototype metal and rock. And this has got everything that I love. Uh, like I said, you ask me one day, this is my favorite. And the next day it could be Mouse of Madness. But they're two, you know, Mouse? totally. <laughs> yeah, Mouse of Madness. Um. <laughs> uh, but they're two different, totally different sounding songs. That's why, like, like if you want that good crunchy riff, you, you, know, you know, go with Mouth of Madness. But for just, like, epic, epic blues, evil rock, I uh, got to go with this one. Love, loving hand of God. What do you think? Yeah. Now, this I'll put up there with the first three. Uh, this one I like a lot. A, a little breathing room with a break from the norm that has been running through all these songs before it. This one takes a direction I could get into, a mellow vibe, then later into that, another really cool jam section. I think this tune is fucking awesome. And it also, and it, it, it's almost like their version of Sabbath's version of Warning. You know, I, I, I noticed like they even like lift a little bit of that, you know, that five, three second little part that, that uh, Sabbath did during that song. And uh, yeah, this one is one of my favorites off the album, man. Like, you know, the first four, I mean, the first three and this one are my top songs on the album. So I'll take the, the last one, right? Am I missing a song? You're, you're missing a song. Fuck, dude. There's, there's there's two songs left. Uh, Wizard of War is, not, is it the last one? No. Okay, good. It, it, Wizard of War is the next one. Okay, good. So then I probably do have. What's okay. the name of the last one? See You on the Other Side. Okay, I did. I did listen to that. So, all right. Uh, Wizard of War is something. It's something about this song that I don't know. It's it sounds thin. It almost sounds like a different production. And uh, I don't really, you know, to, to me it has no bite. It's like a weak riff, and I can't hold on. Uh, I I can't hold on to my like button on this one. This one is, and, and, and again, like I gotta stress, like the shit I'm saying bad about these songs. They're not really bad songs. You know, I'm not really saying these these songs. There's no suck on this album. Let me put it that way. I just feel like some are way better than others. And Wizards of War is, I don't know. I think I think it's something about the sound of it. Doesn't it sound thinner to you? It does to me for some reason. Well, I'd have to, I, and I just listened to it twice before we did this, but I have to go back and like really pay attention. But now I know they do have. Uh, a Wizard of, uh, Wizard of War EP that came out before the album, so I don't know if that was recorded in a different studio or uh, you know it was early on and, that, and that's why they did it. I just ordered it on vinyl today, as a matter of fact. Uh, so I don't know if that's why. Maybe it sounds different to you. But as far as the song, I love the song, I, and I love that it's it's short and punchy. I mean, it's three minutes and 19 seconds where you know most of these songs are six minutes plus uh I, I i like that there's a little something like this almost like a you know like like a paranoid i mean it sounds nothing like paranoid but you know what i mean it's it's a a three minute rocker you know where all the others are, are so epic it's kind of nice to have one that just kind of comes in kicks ass and gone so uh, obviously i like it more than you but uh but I think, again, what I was talking about with placement, like maybe have this earlier in the album in between some of the other epics might help the flow a little bit. But uh, but I dig it. Why don't you take, 
Why don't you take the last track? What's it called? Uh, see you on the other side. Yes. This one, it's an okay one. It's not bad, not great. I think if this band wants to be so much like Sabbath, they should look at the different directions that went into each of those early Sabbath albums. It's not just bash doom, bash through the whole thing. And this song, uh, in the middle of it, it goes into this fucking killer acoustic section. Yes. That, that is so cool. But I would like to, I, I would like uh, them to do a whole song like this. You know, this one is just wedged against the song I've heard throughout the whole album, really, you know. But as a whole, it's a decent song. It's not a bad song. I'll, I'll take it over the ones that, you know, the middle ones. I think it's it's better than those, but I think this band should take a little more because judging by that little acoustic section in the middle, it's like, wow, this band could really do some cool shit acoustically. You know, like your Planet Caravans and, you know, Lagoon Sunrise, whatever. Um, and I would love, I, I would have loved this album to have one of like that little metal section into a full song, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, it is kind of like an epic type tune. It does have a lot of, you know, twisted turns and stuff, but um, yeah, it, it's just, I, I think I'm just disappointed in uh, the song not having like a full section of just, just a chill tune, you know? I mean, that's to me what made Sabbath, you know, so amazing and my favorite band. You know, everybody looks at Sabbath as a doom band, doom battle, and this and that, but yeah, you listen to Sabbath albums, man, every fucking album had a song that was far from metal, you know? Right, it had something like Air Dance. <laughs> Air Dance, like, go, go down the line, the first album had Walls, not, not Walls Sleep, uh, Sleeping Village. Right. The second one had Planet Terror, the third one had Solitude, the fourth one, well, the fourth, the fourth one had uh, Changes and Laguna Sunrise. Right. Uh, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath had like uh, Looking for Today and uh, uh, that weird one, Who Are You? Right. Technically, She's Gone. Uh, never Say Die. Yeah. Air Dance. You know? So, I mean, there was a lot of. And that's what I love so much. And, and, you know, I mean, I don't think it's, you know, it's a bad thing to be repetitious because. You know, a lot of Motorhead it was like that. All ACDCs like that. But for some reason, the Sabbathy thing, uh, if it's just a whole album of it, you know, I, I think that type of music needs breathing. Like a breather. And though this album does have a breather in the middle of this last song, I would just like to hear a whole song like that. But, you know, I mean, I'm not going to bash the song. It's a okay song. I just wish it was different. I hear you. Um, I, I, I think it's great. I think uh, the song is a little bit more up-tempo than some of the other stuff. I definitely love uh, the change in it that you talk about. And, and I agree with you. I would like a full song like that. And I think it would break up, you know, and give it something different. Uh, and, and, and then the question is, does that even make it too much more like Sabbath if they do that? You know, it's like, is that a conscious thing? Because like, oh, God... How close can we come to Sabbath? But uh, but I think it, it would help the album. Uh, well, I, I you know, I gotta say one thing. That little acoustic piece wasn't really Sabbathy. It was a, just a very cool acoustic piece. And I think if they would do something like that, in a, as a you know, 
conscious or unconscious effort to make it like sound like that, it, it, it kind of would break the, you know, the monotony of Sabbath, if that's the right word I'm talking about. Right, right. no, no I, I get what you're saying, and I love that part, and, you, you know, again, that's, that's what I love about songs like this and, and, and Sabbath in general, you know, you take a song like Symptom of the Universe, my favorite part is how it totally changes at the end. I mean, it goes from one of the greatest riffs of all time and pummeling to this like beautiful acoustic piece. And, uh, and, and, and you do get a little tease of that here, but I, but I see what you're saying. Uh, you, you know, you want more of that. And I agree with that. Uh, and, and I hope they do have a little bit more, uh, you know, more changes on, on the new album. Uh, you know, I, of course, I like everything they've done. Uh, I really recommend uh, their first full-length album, Capricorn. I think it's a really great album as well, and all the EPs I like. Uh, but for the new album, I, I would like to see a little bit more variety. I, I think it's necessary for the band, especially if they want to kind of escape some of this, you know, pigeonholing that they're getting with Sabbath. And I know... Uh, some people, what I do like about them is everybody say it is one way or the other. Nobody's really just kind of like, uh, kind of like how you are with, with Monster Magnet. Either they're like, oh, I love it, it sounds like Sabbath, or they're like, I don't like it, it sounds too much like Sabbath. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Either they, they think they're ripping them off too much, or they're like, yes, this is the kind of shit I want to hear. Uh, and, and yeah, so I, I hope they do evolve with that. Uh, I, the, the one thing I'm really looking for on the next record is the drummer because uh, Carter Kennedy really <clears throat> he, he did an amazing job and I'm sure you know that the, the new guy's good uh, but man he, you know you got you got some big shoes to follow and uh, and I love this song uh, again maybe maybe uh, like loving hand of God maybe would have been a better closer and then this in the middle. Again, like I said, the only thing I would change on, on this album is, you know, the uh, positioning of the songs, but it, it's a small bitch. Because I'll tell you right now, I, I'll take this over any uh, Sabbath album after Born Again. By far. By far, this is more, the, you know, the, the type of metal I want to hear. You know, and the kind of, that kind of, especially this kind of doomy riff metal, I'll take it over any of that other shit. And man, if Sabbath could do a fucking album that sounds like this, oh man, I, I, I could only hope. And shit, I don't know. I think I'd, I'd damn near take this album over any Ozzy solo album. I I, I just I really like it, and I I, I I just I like everything about it. You know, I like I like the groove. I like where their heads at. I, I love, you know, their, their videos are great. The artwork's great. It's just like. They're really immersed into this, and I, you know, it's not like it's an act or anything. You can tell their hearts are in this kind of music, you know, and 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 they're sincere about it. I mean, and you can just tell, you know, the way they do the little changes, and, and the way they are as musicians. I mean, they they take it really serious, and I and I like that because this type of metal is sorely missing today, you know, and uh, I can't wait for the next album. So, uh, I have no idea how much this sold. These guys, they are on Nuclear Blast. They're from uh, San Francisco. I'm hoping next time I go out, maybe I can, you know, hook up with one of them and, and, and do an interview or something. Why don't you just, like, 
find out when they're playing and then go there. Uh, well, I, but I always base it around a Raiders game. And actually, these guys are from San Francisco, but like a lot of metal bands, uh, you know, and, and you can attest to this, they do more over in Europe than they do over here. Yeah, like my band. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you, you do great over there. Yeah. You know? Uh, you know, and, and I haven't seen them do that many tours. Uh, you know, I have got on Bill Wang about it, like, man, have you seen these guys? You know, they're from your fucking town. You should be able to get them. But I always check on their website, and I haven't seen a lot of, uh, you know, just sporadic dates here and there. But uh, I, I hope Nuclear Blast stays behind these guys and gives them, you know, good promotion. And, you know, I, I hope there's that kind of interest in this country for this kind of metal, you know? Because I, I fucking love it, and I think it's healthy for the scene to get back to kind of like what it's all about, you know? Right on, right on. Yeah. And that's what I think, and I want to thank Adam Marshall for uh, for picking this, because he, he's a huge fan, man. I know he's, he's friends with another member uh, of the band, and I know he said he's going to send them uh, the link for this show when it airs. So I, wow. I hope they hear it. Yeah, I, I hope they hear it. And uh, and please, if you want to come on this show and, and review an album with us, or you know, just talk about you know Orchid, I would I would love to do that. I would love to review a Sabbath album with them. That, that'd just be like killer. You know, Black Sabbath is my favorite band of all time. I mean, I, I stressed that over and over again. And this album was very pleasant. And the negative things I had to say about this album, they're still good songs. It's just like. I think they, they raised the bar too high on some of those other songs. That right, and it kind of overshadowed. Like, if this, if this album was all, like, you know, the same fame, I probably would appreciate those songs a little more, but I just feel like those four songs, you know, hand, uh, the hand of, Loving Hand of God and the first three songs are just so good, you know? <laughs> and, and, and like you were saying earlier, uh, you know, there's songs you like better than others, but there's no, like, you know, Brandon or first band on the moon yeah, on this yeah, album. No, yeah, there's no, there's no shit on this album, that I can say. But, you know, some of it I felt kind of like, wow, it's not as badass as that other one. But I think I'm being a little too critical. And I'm not just saying this because these guys are listening, if they are listening. I mean, uh, I, I love it, and you guys should come to Florida. I'll go. Yeah. I'll go see yeah. you guys in a heartbeat, you know? Yeah, and get your ass to New Orleans, too. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, but yeah, man, love this band, and uh, yeah, we'll do anything to promote you guys, cause uh, you know I, I definitely lo love you. Ralph likes you, uh, so uh, and make thank sure you. make sure you don't play New Orleans during the Raider season. <laughs> yeah, just not when I'm going to San Francisco. That's right. <laughs> All right, well, uh, that's about that. Like I said, new album supposed to be coming out this year. Very excited for that, and uh, maybe we'll have a review of that. Or have one of these guys come and talk about it when it comes out. That would be great. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Adam Marshall. Now it's time for Pick of the Week. You got one, Ralph? Yeah, I do. And it's going to be a little unconventional of a, of a pick. Uh, it, is a, it is a Black Sabbath album that features Ozzy on vocals. And it's the very first one I ever bought. Not the first one I ever heard. The first one I ever heard was Paranoid. And it is kind of like a... Not the best representation of Black Sabbath, but it's very special to me and very dear to my heart is uh, We Sold Our Souls for Rock and Roll. It's the first one I went and bought, 
I'll never forget opening that album and seeing the dead woman in the coffin. Uh, it does have a, a shitload of great songs. You know, I mean, of course, you know, I put Symptom on there instead of Am I Going to the Same Radio, which is a weird choice for, you know, but since I guess it was a single and that was, you know, the greatest hits up to the point, up to Sabotage, uh, it, it is missing a lot of insanely classic Sabbath songs, but... It's still a special album to me, and it was before I really knew the whole catalog of Black Sabbath. All I knew was Paranoid, so listening to that album really was a great gateway for me to like investigate everything else it did. But it also uh, it also was the album that made me pick get Sabotage last. You know, it's like what is Sabotage all? Am I going to the same radio? You know? <laughs> right. And then, boy, was I in for a surprise when I bought that one going, wait a second. This album's not like Am I Going to the same radio. This album's fucking amazing. But... Yeah. No wonder Sabotage tanked when they released that as a single. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, you're going to release that as a single, people are going to think that whole... Like me. I thought, I thought, like, they just went weird, you know, on that album. Because that's the only song that represents that album on, on Solar Soul. But, you know, uh, The Warning, is, to me, is still one of my favorite Black Sabbath songs. Long as fuck, but God, I love that song. And, you know, of course, Black Sabbath, War Pigs, Paranoid, you know, uh, which was very fresh and new to me back then. I mean, this was pre-burned out factor, so. You know, and Iron Man's on there. And I can't, I think Children of the Grave's on there. I know Sweet is. And uh, I think it's not a great... You know, I mean, I would definitely pick different songs and even more songs that are classic, like, you know, Fairy Wear Boots and shit like that would, would be on there. Uh, but um, I still love that album. It's still special to me for nostalgic reasons. And yeah, it's kind of lame for me to pick a Black Sabbath album because whoever's listening to this isn't to Orchid. So if you like Orchid, you know you're a Sabbath fan. So I just thought I'd throw We Sold Our Souls for Rock and Roll out there for pure nostalgic reasons, and it's still a very special album to me. So there you go. That's my pick. All right. Now, let me ask you something. Uh, because I found out something very disturbing on the Facebook page. Uh, young Alvin Flipson, and, and people on the Facebook page know Alvin. He's a young kid from uh, Sweden or Norway, one of those fucking countries over there. Um, something like that. Anyway, uh, he thinks Sabbath is overrated, and this kid, this, this kid's into like hard rock. He's he's more into like the cock rock, but he likes some harder stuff too. Uh, but what what do you think this would be the best one? Like, if you were trying to turn somebody on to Sabbath, would you pick We Sold Our Souls, or would you pick a a, uh, a studio album? Oh, I definitely pick a studio album, and I wouldn't even go with my favorite one. I would say people should listen to Sabotage first. I think that would be a great gateway album. You know, uh, and if you love Sabotage, then you're going to love, you know, I prefer Volume 4. And to, you know, I also prefer uh, Sabotage Sabbath. But uh, Sabotage is like a very close third. And, uh, but I think that one is a little more modern sounding for a newbie. You know what I mean? Uh, your your hole in the sky, megalomania, similar year or thrilled at all. You know the rain is a little off, you know oddball type tune, you know. But and and of course Superstar is fucking strange as fuck too. Not as strange as that might go on the same radio, but but it's still a great. I think it would be a great 
gateway. But then again, I mean, that wasn't my gateway album. But I, I think it's such a damn good album that I think it could hook people to say, wow, this is so good, I gotta look at some more Saturn. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's how I look for. Or, you know, Master Reality would be another good one, too. I'd say it's a Master Reality or, or Sabotage, those, those two. Uh, we Sold Our Souls, I wouldn't recommend, you know? Because uh, I really do, do think that that uh, does not feature a lot of great Sabbath songs that should have been on there. But, you know, what can you do? Right. Yeah, no, it's just, uh, that's something that caught me off guard when he said that. I was like, oh, man. And, and not, the, not the bash the kid, dude. I, I, like oh, album, yeah. I like album a lot. And I don't really like, I don't really hate Theater of Pain. But boy, does that kid love that one. I think, yeah, he it, I think if that shit came out on 8-Track, he'd own that copy, too. <laughs> and he's got everything. I think he's got the cassette, the vinyl, the CD. You know, he's always showing off what he has. And he has right. this thing for that album that I could totally understand how he would find Sabbath uh, overrated. But, you know, in his case, I think his only shot, and it's a, it's a long shot, would be Sabbath. Right. And, and no, an album does, like... You know, and you got to understand, I mean, I think back to when I was his age, I was listening to fucking Theater of Pain, you know, because it is kind of like, well, I mean, Motley Crue's kiddie music anyway, but, uh, you you know what I mean? Uh, I I, I think he's going to, he's going to evolve in his taste because already, I mean, he loves Maiden as well, too. So it's not all, you know, cock rock. And, uh, but I was just like, oh man, we got to get this kid, you know, we got to get him on some Sabbath. (laughs) That's just. That's a must. Uh, he might end up breaking his theater of pain if he does get Sabbath. <laughs> there you go. And, and I, I have faith he will grow into it. Like every yeah, every metal engine. He's very yeah. young. He doesn't, yes. he doesn't yes. know no better. But, you know, he I mean, maybe he's just meant to do that. Maybe he's going to grow up to be another Johnny Bogan. <laughs> yeah, he may be 13, but he's got the balls of a 50-year-old man, from what I hear. <laughs> Ouch. All right, uh, my pick is, uh, it's kind of off similar to, I mean, it's not a metal band. It's a band I've talked about a couple weeks, but I cannot stop listening to these guys. And uh, that's the Black Angels. And this week I'm I'm picking their third album, uh, Phosphorine Dream. I think that's how how you say it. I could be wrong. Uh, And these guys are definitely, uh, definitely rock but I wouldn't go as far as metal, but it's definitely like drug music. And it, it's really, really fucking good that their, their latest album, Death Song, like I said, so far, and, until somebody tops it, that's my album of the year. It's just fucking amazing. I can I cannot stop listening to it. Uh, but I have been going back and checking out the other stuff, and it's just as fucking good. If you like something a little bit different, it's definitely... Uh, headphone rock, but it's just amazing, good music that transcends. You know, it doesn't have to be metal to be good. I mean, definitely helps. But it, but it's it's hard rocking too. I don't want people to think it's like you know soft rock. You know, but it's definitely drug music. Uh, but that's their third one. And uh, Phosphorine Dream, I believe is how you pronounce it. Just if you're gonna Google it, you'll find the fucking out. But check it out. But <laughs> Uh, I would recommend first and foremost to check out their their latest album, Death Song. But uh, everybody can thank me later. Because uh, incredible band out of Austin, Texas. Rock on, dude. 
All right, and now we go to Fan of the Week, and Fan of the Week is the man responsible for this album and might be responsible for getting this band on our show. Uh, Adam Marshall. Adam's been here for a long, long time. He used to be Marshall Amps, and uh, I think he had another name for a while, and, you know, Facebook made all those rules. So now we know him by his Christian name, uh, Adam. But uh, just a cool dude from fucking Down Under. Uh, you know, look, checks out both of our radio shows, always checking out the podcast. He's always active on uh, on my Wads of the Rock show page, and he's always active on the Rock and Metal Combat page. And I'm sure, oh, and he kicks ass on your Sabbath page. No, no, oh, not uh, on my Sabbath page. This is a true story. He cyber tied me up, gagged me, threw me in the closet, and took over that fucking page. <laughs> That's oh, his page now. He is the eternal idol. <laughs> Oh, this this man loves some fucking Sabbath. He loves that type of music, uh, and he's he's been trying to get me to uh, check out this band, and I keep putting it off. But I need to check him out. Uh, I Why think it's like, I? yeah, yeah, uh, no, a band called I believe called uh, Ohm or, or some or Sun O or some shit like that. Or I don't know, but oh, there's some yeah, kind of yeah, that's a good band. I know I know exactly the band. Yeah, it's. Uh... Yeah, yeah, I know the band. Now I can't remember the name, but I have heard them. They're kind of groove, kind of doom, doom groove. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly the band he's talking about. Yeah. You dig them? Yeah, yeah, what I've heard of them. I don't know much about them, but what I've heard is pretty cool. I think he turned me on to them. Somebody did. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd seen them in magazines and, and saw some shit about them, and I know uh, I need to check it out, but... He's even told me, like, oh, he jokes about making a request for it on the show, but I think their songs are kind of like sleep, you know? The song could go on for a half hour. Yeah. And it's not really, not really conducive to to a radio show, you know, unless it's a specialty episode. But I need to check them out because this guy's got incredible taste. And I say that because he likes the shit I like. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I just I, looked it up. It's Sun O, and they have, like, three... Oh, what do they call that? Oh, I'm so stupid. I'm yeah, sorry. and, and if, if, if memory serves me right, the name of the band is just Sun, and, like, the O is, like, part of their logo or some shit like that. I don't know. Yeah, well, it spells S-U-N-N, and then an O, and then it has right. three... Apostrophes, I don't know. I yeah, don't... almost like rays coming off a of Sun. Yeah, That's there you saying. go. I... Like, three uh, rays coming off of it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I've heard it. I, I remember it must somebody did. It must have been him. Yeah, because I, I saw somebody talking about it online, where like, you know, it, it's probably had unpopular metal opinions that if you call it oh. Sun, if you call it Sun O, then they know you're not a true fan because that's not their name, and you're a loser if you say O or what, some stupid fucking shit like that. By the way, an update on that loser page. I got a message from Brody that they banned him from there. <laughs> what did Brody get laid or get a job or move out of his house? I How think did he get so. Laid? I think so. I think he, I think he smells somebody's finger. That's Uh-oh. that's more than all of them have ever done. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, those that's our pick of the week, and that's our fan of the week. Thanks again, Adam, for contributing to the uh, Rock and Pod Expo. Uh, we know, know you can't join us, but man, it means a lot. And you help make it. It's going to be a very special event, and we'll definitely take video and uh, and pictures and all kinds of shit 
will be there for you people who can't uh, make it. And I believe uh, since he's donated as much as he donated, uh, there is a shirt for people who can't make it uh, to the event because all of your donations go to your entry fee. So if you've donated over uh, 20, you know, just for any show, you've already paid your admission. And if you've donated over 35, you get your admission and a shirt. But I believe Ken Mills was talking about there's going to be a special shirt, uh, you know, for people who donated that much money but can't attend the event. So at least you get a shirt out of it and an episode. There you go. We also have to stress if you can't make it to the event, you get a shirt. Not if you can't make it with a girl. So all you unpopular metal uh, opinions, <laughs> don't be expecting a shirt. <laughs> Very true. Maybe. All right. Now let's do something they can't do. Let's plug something. Hey, I like, I see what you did there. It was good. <laughs> All right, Kiss Army. Since 2007, you've been getting podcast, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. That's right. It's your podcast. Every month, the podcast crew, along with the Kiss Room, brings you Kiss Talk like no one else. Whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great Kiss fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulik, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... Then you'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll and it's always free. Music's most diverse podcast, starring Luke Innes, Greg Sim Bootlegs, and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addicts, and iTunes. The True Alternative Podcast. Have you developed paralysis from trying to choose a movie on Netflix? Of course you have. There's too much garbage on Netflix to sift through. So join us on our podcast, We Watched It For You. We watch a bad movie every week and try to determine its watchability. We Watched It For You is for bad movie fans, B-movie fans, underground film fans, and cult movie fanatics alike. Don't miss an episode of We Watched It For You, a guide to the lesser-known movies of Netflix, available on iTunes, or wherever you download your podcast. Ear Pillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpillar.com to find out what we're all about. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's, Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K. 8 p.m. UK time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. 
you'll find everything from music based episodes interviews to series such as ultra sexy classic album series where some of your favorite musicians producers journalists and show hosts comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal get with it and go to marsattacksradio.com to find out more all right well that was our episode on orchid and i hope you liked it we hope adam marshall loved it we hope the band liked it uh but come back next week what do we got coming up i don't know it all depends who we can schedule but it's gonna be something picked by you guys and i know we got some good ones coming up and we got some stinkers coming up oh boy. is it is it gonna be good or is it gonna stink damn you come, nate come back next week oh it's not just nate come back next week on the rock and metal combat podcast